Welcome to the Music Ed Forward podcast, transforming students, teachers, and communities through music education. My name is Nissa Brown with Music Ed Forward, musicedforward.com. You can follow Music Ed Forward on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing on Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Welcome to episode 11 of the Music Ed Forward podcast, Tools to Calm the Nervous System. To celebrate the new year, we've been featuring episodes about resilience building in its many forms. Today continues that conversation with focus on the nervous system specifically. A huge part of resilience is keeping the nervous system in the zone of regulation, which, let's face it, is more than a challenge in the time of pandemic teaching and during a time when most of us are seeking to deconstruct privilege and systemic oppression within our surrounding schools and classrooms. With such important work at stake and our students on the line, we rightly feel the pressure and responsibility of moving forward. For every music teacher I know, this has taken a toll on the nervous system. This is why we're talking about tools to calm the nervous system today. Everyone I know is having challenges with regulating their nervous system. For many folks I know, sometimes the nervous system is running on overdrive and we feel anxious. And sometimes the nervous system is the opposite, and we feel low or draggy, unmotivated, disconnected. Any of this sounding familiar? (laughs) Yeah, me too. So it's normal during an incredibly challenging time period like this. And based on our past experiences in our own lives, our levels of privilege and power within our societal context, and the resulting trauma This nervous system regulation may have always been a part of our day-to-day experience, and this is true for us as well as our students. Put a pandemic on top of that, and it's amplified no matter what our starting point was, pre-pandemic. Maintaining a regulated nervous system feels like a nearly full-time job for many folks with whom I speak these days. Totally understandable in our current context. There are so many new and new things and first times, or FFTs, as Brene Brown calls them. I'll link to her podcast on FFTs, meaning first times in the show notes. It's totally worth a listen. She explains explains the brain-based reasons why we are at the end of our exhaustion limits right now. I hope you'll check it out, but for today, we're going to keep it practical. There are so many directions we can go with tools to calm the nervous system, but today I've chosen to stick with four, and all of them have to do with embodiment. And in case that's a new term or sounds like a really weird topic for a music ed podcast, let me explain. When the nervous system is in overdrive, for example, the autonomic nervous system has taken over. This is the fight or flight part of our biology. Fight or flight has served its purpose in our evolution and is responsible for our current human existence on the planet. However, when we get stuck in this fight or flight system, it takes a toll on many aspects of our health. So if we're not in this autonomic nervous system, what's the other option? The other branch of the nervous system is the parasympathetic nervous system, and this is the rest and digest portion of the nervous system, and it's what allows our body to restore heal, and relax. So perhaps the question you're asking, which is the one I ask all the time, when I'm stuck in this sympathetic fight or flight nervous response, 
nervous system response, how can I shift to the parasympathetic, the rest and digest? And one of the quickest ways to encourage this shift is by tuning into the body with embodiment practices. We tend to think that the mind is key to everything, but embodiment and its powerful results suggest otherwise. Shifting the focus of our attention from the mind, which may be spinning or telling fear-based tales, and focusing on the body allows the nervous system to ground and our system to move towards the parasympathetic. All right, so that's a lot of nervous system talk. Let's get practical. I chose these practices because they're accessible, relatively low investment for potentially high rest and digest return. So in order to help you remember these, I've actually created a concise, visually calming, hopefully, and appealing poster for you. You can download it from the show notes for the podcast for free at musicedforward.com slash podcast slash the number 11 musicedforward.com slash podcast slash 11. All right, so let's dive in. Our first tool, present moment sensations. So I've been looking at these present moment sensations posters outside the middle school counselor's office all fall. We were in person this fall. We're now online. But these posters have been something that have grounded me as I've walked down the hallway at school all fall. This practice can take 30 seconds or as long as you want. Perhaps it goes without saying, do not try this if you're driving right now. (laughs) Stay safe. So let's begin. Be still for a moment and feel your feet or your seat touch the ground or the chair and settle in for a nice, gentle, relaxed belly breath. Begin to notice five things that you can see and name them mentally. So if you see a tree in your mind, say tree. Dog, couch, and so on. Continue with the gentle breath. And touch and name four things that you can feel or that you can touch. And again, name them in your mind. Four things you can touch. Feel the texture, the density. Another deep breath. Three things you can hear and name them. Another deep breath. And two things you can smell. Hopefully they're lovely. And name them. And finally, one more deep breath. One thing you can taste. And name it.
and continue with a nice deep breath and notice if there's a difference in the state of your nervous system or your mindset before and after this activity. Since I saw these every day when I was at school, I noticed a small hit of embodiment each time I walked down the hall and even kept one of them in mind. So I've given you a set of five, but even just one might be helpful. And I hope that you find it's it's helpful for you as well. So the next one, number two, second tool, is gentle movement with breath. There's nothing like the combination of breath and conscious, intentional, embodied movement. That doesn't mean that we're moving while doing something else, doesn't mean automaticity. It means allowing the mind to be present and the body to be consciously experiencing the movements or the sensations of the movement in the body. This is not a skill that many of us have learned along the way, right? We've taught to be in constant motion, in constant doing. And it's not unless we attend to this that we can really absorb the benefits of it. So this is what can ground the nervous system, again, back to that embodiment, those sensations in the body. So here are some examples. Number one, stretching. Simply stand, move, stretch, and breathe. But be present to the feeling of the stretch in the body. Notice where the stretch is. Notice what feels tight. Notice when you breathe how that changes the stretch or the sensation in the body. So again, it's not the simple act of stretching. It's how present we are to the sensations in the body while we're stretching. So it's a different focus, a different kind of attunement. Second idea for gentle movement with breath would be dance, like no one is watching, of course. But the same applies. Feel the body move, notice how the breath moves as well, and really feel into the sensations of the body and the breath. While the first two ideas for gentle movement with breath may seem really obvious. This next one might be new and might seem odd at first, but it is intended to help us tune in to that sensation in the body, which can ground the nervous system so quickly. And the idea is, number three, is to push against a surface that resists. If you've never tried this, it probably sounds like the weirdest idea ever, but stick with me for a second. You know those weighted blankets that students use for sensory purposes to assist in calm and regulation? The same applies here. Given the body, the feeling of pushing against something that resists can ground the body and the nervous system in very short order. So this might look like doing a push-up against a wall, palms flat, feel the resistance of the wall, feel the sensations in the muscle, feel your hands against the wall. Or another idea is to stand in a doorframe with both hands on one side of the doorframe and then place your back against the other side of the doorframe and gently push with your hands to move your back against the opposite side of the doorframe and feel the sensations in your back, your shoulder, and your hips. Remember to breathe And then adjust the pressure and the movements 
as you stand in the doorway. So you might shift your weight from one side to the other in your hands. You might increase or decrease the pressure. And then place your awareness and and your attention into the sensations of the body as they press against the doorframe. If you haven't tried this doorframe resistance idea, give it a try and see what you think. After you've tried one of the ideas above, see if you notice a difference in the nervous system or in the mind. So, so far, we have talked about number one, present moment sensations. Number two, gentle movement with breath. And number three is body sensations in nature. So this one's a little bit more subtle, but really luscious. It combines the practice of focus on embodiment with time in nature. And sometimes because of our online learning situations, I think we don't get out don't, don't get outside as much as might be good for us. So this one might be worth a try. So here's the deal. In my house, we go for a walk at least once a day, usually two. But I can spend that entire time lost in my mind and rehearsing the things on my to-do list and thinking about how I can be more productive in less time. I could be anywhere in those moments. My mind and my body aren't registering the goodness of being outside, nor the joy in the movement. So whether you're outside walking or you're being still, here are some gentle, subtle, beautiful embodiment practices to try. First example of body sensations in nature. This one seems so subtle, but so powerful. It's one of my favorites. Feel the sun on your face and really allow the sun to sink into the skin. Feel the warmth. Feel how the warmth shifts as the sun moves, perhaps behind the clouds and returns to full view. Shoot for at least 30 seconds of this one in one go. Brief PS to my fellow folks in the Netherlands, my friends in Seattle, as well as other rainy places. Sun may not really be a thing right now, so just move on to the next one. If that applies to you, you know. <laughs> We've got a lot of wind in the Netherlands, so the second one is Uh, very helpful to me as well. We occasionally have sun as well. But the second one is feel the wind on your skin. So as you go outside, as you are outside, notice the touch of wind on the skin. Notice the shifts in the direction of the wind, the intensity of the wind, and the patterns on the skin. For my friends in Minnesota, where I'm originally from, and other freezing places, just don't do this too long. You know who you are. But seriously, tuning in, even for 30 seconds, can dramatically shift the nervous system and help move us towards the benefits of the parasympathetic nervous nervous system. So just feel the dance of the wind on your skin. The final one in this category is a variation on the previous, and it's to feel the breeze in your hair. This is a variation of the previous one, certainly, but being really present to how the wind blows through your hair, feels on your scalp, on your face, can be really grounding, can ground the nervous systems, and can bring us back into the body and to bring some immediate calm. 
So there are three ideas of body sensations in nature. And, you know, remember that shoot for 20 to 30 seconds um, for that sensation to really register in the body. You got to give it that long before, um, before things noticeably can start to shift. All right, so last but absolutely not least, number four, yoga nidra. So yoga nidra means yogic sleep. Some of you are thinking sleep? Now this is what I'm talking about. Me too. But seriously, yoga nidra was one of the things that saved me at a time in my life when I had a very difficult time regulating my own nervous system. My nervous system was tending towards anxiety. And when I tried yoga nidra, it was one of the things that most dramatically shifted my nervous system and gave me space when that anxiety felt uh, really, really intense. So when I recommend yoga nidra, I really do so with my entire heart and uh, with a lot of experience. Yoga Nidra is not a movement practice. It has yoga in it, but it's not movement, right? So Yoga Nidra means yogic sleep. This practice is laying still on the ground and not moving. (laughs) I hear you saying already, sign me up. Yes, me too. Uh, You can delve as deeply as you'd like into the brain science of Yoga Nidra with a simple Google search. But what I'll say here is that yoga nidra can stimulate the brainwave patterns that are similar to sleep and offer many of the same benefits. The research that I've read links about 20 minutes of yoga nidra to potentially equate to two to three hours of sleep. Of course, that depends how deeply you go into yoga nidra and all of those things. But just to give you an idea, um, when we get into the groove of this, this can be really powerful stuff. Some research suggests that yoga nidra will create create brain waves that are actually even more deep and more regenerative than sleep. So if you weren't before, I bet you're interested now, right? <laughs> so in brief, yoga nidra is a guided practice of moving awareness through the body, right? So tracing the sensations like we've talked about. And it's similar to a guided meditation or visualization that brings us into a state of incredible calm and rest. Just 20 minutes can be incredibly restful and an incredible reset. So if you're looking for a place to start, find a quiet space for about 20 minutes and press play on the free Yoga Nidra linked in the show notes at musicedforward.com slash podcast slash 11. If you're more experienced with yoga nidra, I have linked my personal 45, my personal favorite 45 minute yoga nidra in the show notes as well. Again, musicedforward.com slash podcast slash 11. It is my go-to yoga nidra and it never disappoints. So before we go, I have one last bonus idea. This one's for your students. I use this as a choir warm-up but I've also used it with wiggly elementary students before I allow them into my classroom. This also works with adults. I will sometimes do this with grad classes as well if we need some grounding and a moment of reset. So basically elementary through grad school, I recommend this one. 
So I start by asking my students to feel their feet on the floor. So they're usually standing. I have folks stand when they do this. And then I ask them to gently rock back and forth from toe to heel, toe to heel. For younger students, of course, you need to remind them not to fall over, toe to heel until they find the exact middle of their feet from front to back. Once they're still, they found the middle from front to back. I ask them to rock gently side to side on their feet, staying in one place, of course, without falling over, elementary school students, until they find the exact center of their feet from side to side. Then, once they've come to center on their feet from side to side, I'll have them do it one more time. Front to back, rock front to back, find center, rock side to side, find center. Now, once they've done that, I ask them to find the exact center, front, back, and side to side. Every class I've done this with will be nearly silent and still by the end of this very short exercise. And yes, their nervous systems will likely have shifted a bit, if only for a moment as well. So I hope these four tips, number one, present movement sensations, number two, gentle movement with breath, number three, body sensations in nature, and number four, my favorite yoga nidra, as well as the bonus idea of finding center on your feet for your students, have given you something new to try or likely reminded you of something that you already knew. Remember to grab the visual to help you remember these tools to calm the nervous system at musicedforward.com slash podcast slash 11. You'll also find the links to the Yoga Nidras as well, as well as a link to Brene Brown's fantastic podcast, Unlocking Us. Please know that I'm thinking of you and I'm with you in spirit as we take care of ourselves so we can take care of our families and our students during this incredibly challenging time. We are and remain in this together. Wishing you the very best. Until next week. If this podcast interests you today, head on over to musicedforward.com slash podcast slash 11 to find more resources to help calm the nervous system and build resilience. If you haven't joined us yet, please head over to the Facebook group called e-learning in music education for countless ideas as well as ongoing support for this very challenging time period that we're in if you want to make sure you catch the next episode please remember to subscribe to the music ed forward podcast on stitcher spotify or apple podcasts thanks for joining me for the music ed forward podcast transforming students teachers and communities through music education